many were here last Sunday? I think there was a few of you here last Sunday. We, uh, we, are, we just touched a little bit on Jeremiah. Remember the uh, first chapter he uh, described to us that uh, the Lord knew him before he was born. Uh, the Lord had plans for Jeremiah. Um, how many know that God has plans for you? And we don't always know exactly what they are. We live by day, daily faith, daily walk, daily, uh, daily manner, so to speak. And but you know what the Lord's promise to us in Jeremiah 33, uh, 29 actually, 29. I get that square. You know it by heart. I know the plan that I have for you, right? To prosper, to give you uh, a future. And many people in the world do not live with that hope. Many people without Jesus, without the Father, without the Holy Spirit. They just go from day to day wondering how they're going to make it, wondering if they're going to ever uh, reach a better place. They don't have assurance of salvation. God in his word, First John says that he, we, can, we can know that we're ready. It's these things I have written. He who has the Son has the life. He gives us the assurance of our salvation. And so we're here today, maybe different backgrounds, different situations, I would dare say that everyone in this room in some way, either themselves or in their family, extended family, are going through something of a crisis or a trial or a need. We don't have to look very far. There's so many needs. It's just so overwhelming. And to think that the Lord cares about everyone, he knows every, absolutely every heart on the earth, and he's looking for those whom he can fill today. You're one of those people that God says, there's a heart, there's a heart that I can, I can fill that, I can use, they're, they're, in, they're walking with me, they're looking to me, and I'm going to bless them. So Jeremiah, we're going to take a little more time with Jeremiah, and we're going to look at Jeremiah 17. Uh, I would just about uh, dare say that there's some, some of you here that perhaps have underlined some of these verses that we're going to read, but they're, they're quite, um, quite encouraging. Um, in fact, uh, uh, plain and simple, but so, so I, I, you know, so astounding. How many like good old-fashioned cooked food, right? You know, it's okay to have a repeat, right? right? The Bible has stuff, nuggets of truth that you just can't get away from. You just need to take in and re- be reminded. So today is we're going to speak on the subject of trust, trust. God is a God that we can trust. There's so many people in the world that we, we, don't, we don't know if we can trust. How many are, how many are wondering sometimes when you get calls, is this, is this legitimate or is this some kind of a scam? And we're, we're, we're kind of in a shift in our culture that we don't know who we can trust until we really know that person. That person has to, basically, we, got, we have to understand where they come from, what, 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 what they're all about. Uh, we just don't give to anything because we don't know for sure what for sure is going to go for the need. So we, we live in a in a world that is up and down and in and out as far as trust is concerned. But let me say this. The Lord is the one in whom we can trust. And God is so faithful, so so steady, so rock solid that we can never go wrong in trusting him. So Jeremiah is called by God. That as a young man, he, he argued with God, saying, 
Lord, I'm just a young person. I'm just a youth. I can't speak, right? You know, we've, we've had that realm. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've heard someone or I've been there myself. Lord, you got the wrong person. You know, Moses said there, you know, hey, Aaron, get Aaron. He, he's fluent. He can talk to a crowd. He's better at it than I am. How many feel sometimes the Lord, you know, and there's other people better than you, you, you know, you know what I'm saying, but you know the Lord, if he's saying to you to do something, he, it's better to, to, to just step out and believe God. So we're starting at verse 7, Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And I love how this says, this New American Standard, but and whose trust is the Lord. Now listen. Let me read that again. Blessed is the man whose trust, who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. In other words, there's a big, big difference between trusting in the Lord and the Lord is your trust. But that tells me that the Lord himself is your security, your relationship. When you talk to him, there's a sense that he is leading you in the right direction. You don't know for sure how it's all going to pan out. But you know the one who holds your hand is faithful to lead you in accordance to his sovereign will and plan and purpose. He goes on. He's, by the way, blessed has to do with the word happy. And when you read this, when you think about trust, you can get happy. That's all right. Go ahead and smile. Go ahead and laugh. Go ahead and have the joy of the Lord. If anything that God wants to give to us in our day and age is the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that he comes to fill us up. He will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream. And will not fear when the heat comes. Mississippi is hot. Right, Annette? She said, I think you said 113. Well, we were close to that, I think, in Belize. At the, I think we were 100 plus, you know, and they, and they get hot. Well, this kind of heat gives us a picture that there's a scorching sun. And unless we have... A a water source, unless we have the root system in our lives embedded in the source, and you know we're coming to the vine. Who is that? The Lord himself. The vine is what we are abiding in. The branches we are, are are the branches. Lord has so much, so much water. His water is living water. Remember the, the Samaritan uh, the woman at the well, rather, and remember how she was wondering, how could you possibly give me water that will quench my thirst for, like, forever until the Lord helped her understand? She went back to her city, and she was a changed woman. See, friends, unless we understand that the Lord has not forgotten us, Let me say this. We sometimes go through dry periods in our spiritual journey. Where you feel sometimes is the Lord, is the Lord just kind of like 
turned off his ear. We've been knocking. We've been seeking. We've been asking. We've been praying, but our prayers seem like they don't get through. Listen, the Lord is accumulating all your prayers. He's actually, the psalmist said he is, he bottles our tears. I, I don't know how he does that. What, what I think it, it has to do with, he sees all your tears. He understands your heart. Absolutely every inch of it, every, every moment of it. When the psalmist said he, he is intimately acquainted with all my ways, he means that he knows when I'm up and he knows when I'm down. For some of us, we have, have, we have to admit that we have a few down days. You know what? You're okay to have a few down days. You have moments where you may just feel you've reached your end. You've reached your end. You've reached your breaking point. You know what? It's those moments that the Lord himself wants to embrace you. He wants to hold you. He wants to love on. He wants to give to you strength. He wants you to draw from his living water because it's not your own understanding, Proverbs 3 says it, it's not your own understanding that you should lean on. Sometimes we begin to figure things out and we try to do it. Well, you know, God, we, if I was you, this is the way I would do it. This seems right to me. But, you know, if, if old Balaam, was it Balaam that was trying to push his way to the narrow path? And wasn't it that, that, there, that if it wasn't for God and the angel and opened up the donkey's mouth? Well, you know the story. And said, so why are you beating me? Whoa. Why are, why are you, what have I ever done to deserve this? And sat down. He didn't see the flaming sword. It would have devoured. Help us, Lord, to not miss a blessing. When everything else has gone south, and you see, we, li- we, re- we live in seasons of life where sometimes our families are far away. Sometimes our kids are going through things. And be honest, as, as we grow older, we don't want to bother sometimes calling our kids for help. I, I think there's, I'm beginning to understand this. I'm, I'm still have a lot of young kids younger kids but but listening i am just going to share this because some of you know my knew my dad and he had a special walk with the lord and i'm with omer yesterday my brother you know we were looking at my sister's place where he lived in his later years and he 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 would love he he loved to build anything out of just scraps anything to keep busy but there were days that Omer, he told my brother that he would be in the house all alone. My sister would be working. He would just cry. And there are forgotten people around our world. There are forgotten people, and shut, shut in especially, or people that are neighbors. You may be their only ray of hope. You may be the one that the Lord uses to speak in life, speak, speak encouragement to them. This is sometimes when we feel down, 
one of the greatest things that can happen if we find someone else that is a bit worse off than ourselves and we begin to confide, we begin to relate, we begin to say, you know what? God, you are good. God, you have not left me. And I begin to think to think about all the blessings. You know, my dad had a walk with the Lord. I know that he I knew that the Lord would comfort him. But he was the kind of person who would probably not ask for help. And sometimes we fail to ask when we're hurting. We fail to ask for people to pray. And so let me get a sip of water. My my throat from camp, I think, got a little bit agitated. <clears throat> water. Why can we trust him? Number one. Because he is who he said he is. He says, I am. He has always been. It's overwhelming. God has always been. I remember my dad contemplating that thought. He says, I can't, I can't figure that out. How can he be out? How, he has no beginning and no end. How can we trust him? Look at the order of the universe. Why should we trust him? Because he came down to where we live and lived among us and suffered in the flesh, suffered in humanity so that we would understand that he really meant business. And when we said, believe and you shall be saved. Our God that loved us so beyond what we could ever imagine. Why can we trust him? Because he was in the beginning. He was involved in the creation. He was involved with the creation of man. He put it in your heart to worship him. He has built us so that we can walk together. God used to come down with Adam and Eve in the cool of the eve, it says, and he walked with them. What a, that was like heaven. Hey, that's going to happen. That's going to be restored. It starts now. It started at the moment you receive Christ, God coming into you to walk with you. Now your foundation is not resting on what you think, wondering how this all happened, but simply trusting God. He is a creator. He is the one who created us. Secondly, what happens? What happens when you trust him? You begin to be less anxious. You begin to be relieved that it's not up to you. You don't earn your salvation. You simply trust in the Lord and all that he's done for you on the cross. And he has conquered sin. He has conquered death. And if death, and if and when it comes, we're going to be right immediately in the presence of the Lord. And there we're going to be for him, with him forever. What happens when you trust him? You begin to place the responsibility, the outcome, so to speak, the results are up to him. When you trust him, when you plant a seed, when you speak a word, when you try, the farmer has to have this kind of trust. When he puts the seed in the ground and works the ground and trusts God for the rain, something begins to happen. God causes the growth. Paul understood this when he was talking to Corinth. Apollos water and so forth. 
someone else planted, but God was causing the growth. It's God that works in the hearts of people. Why? And we, we should trust him because he said he is. And what happens when we trust him? We begin to bear fruit. Look back at Jeremiah 17 now. You're going to be like a tree planted by the water. It extends its roots by a stream. And when the heat comes, and will, it will not fear, when, it's not if the heat comes, it's when the heat comes. We are not exempt from trials. We are not exempt from days where we wonder. But there is hope because there is a foundation, a root system that is embedded in the source of Jesus Christ. God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, all as one are working together on our behalf. Listen, you go on and it begins to, you're not anxious in the year of drought. Well, that's, that's tough. When things are dry and things aren't growing, it's hard not to be anxious or wonder what's going to happen. Or it says, you're, you as a tree, because you're embedded in the stream next to you, which is the Lord, representing the Lord, you do not cease to yield fruit. Your tree is going to be fruitful. Your life is going to be hanging with fruit. Because the Lord. It's interesting. Now, God uses circumstances to shape us. It's interesting when the Lord talked about the pruning process. I, I don't like that part of it. I don't like pain, but there's something that's necessary in order for me to become more healthier. In order for me to ne reach the next level, the pain. But looking past the pain, Jesus, in Hebrews, he says that he looked past the pain. He looked past the cross for joy set before him. He despised the, 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 the pain. He, he looked past to see, to see the future of heaven, all heaven, and every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered around the throne before him. Praising him, walking with him. There's no fear, it says. You know what you're going to become? You're going to become an attraction. You're going to become a light to others. You're going to become a helper. You're going to be sh able to share with people. I wonder, I wonder, Lord, if... In other countries, it's so much easier, it seems like, for people to receive miracles from God. Although they're happening here, we're hearing testimony. God is moving by His Spirit. Our speaker at camp said he's, they're twice as far as they, they were last year at this time, as far as salvations, as far as spirit baptism are concerned. They're twice as far, and they're seeing more miracles of healing than they have in their entire, you know, looking back over their ministry years. We're excited. God wants America to look to him. 
You see, we were, we've been in a season of this drought. We've been in a season of dryness. We've been in a season. But there are a few trees. There are a few community. There are a few congregations. I believe this with all my heart. That God, if he sees a few people, a few people will gather in my name. I will be there. If it takes just a few people to bring a revival to an entire nation, then we have something to hope for. We have something to look forward to. God is still caring for the prayers of our forefathers, for the prayers that are going on and continuing on. But we must be serious about it. We must be hungry. We must want it, desire it. Jesus wants to come to restore brokenhearted. He wants to restore uh, families that have been uh, pushed around and separated by the enemy. Jesus comes. He wants to restore nations that have left their first love before him. You can trust him because he is who he said he is. When you trust him, you begin to see the results. You begin to see that God himself, some of, some of us are, are in over our head, so to speak. Some of us have, have, have maybe, I, I know Annette in, in your church, and it's not, it's not always easy, is it? And we, we've, we've had it here. It's not always easy. In your lives, it's not always. I'm, th- I'm thinking about sometimes the strains of finances, sometimes the strains of health issues. Sometimes you wonder, are we going to make it out alive? And we just, just believe God, begin to pray, you know, not knowing exactly how it's all going to work out. But we go on here. We can't always trust our heart. <laughs> verse 9 is a very interesting verse. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is just desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, he's referring to a a nation, Israel. We know that they were uh, stubborn, that they were resisting, and they were following after other gods at this time. And Jeremiah was sent to them to awaken their hearts, to preach and proclaim uh, a message of, of repentance, to turn to God. And so what happens when a heart begins to fall away, it gets sick. When we begin to choose other ways, choose other gods, begin to choose for our flesh, we begin to make wrong decisions, our heart gets messed up, our heart gets filled with other things more than God. And so it's like a sickness. But how many know that God is in the heart? Business? Amen. He starts with our heart, right, right in the depth of your heart. He knows every part of our heart. And at the slightest move of anyone moving toward God, he moves right in. You take a step toward God, and he's, James says, you, you draw nigh to him. What is he? He draws nigh to you. He's merciful. He's ready to receive us. He's ready to pour into us. We can never exactly trust our hearts until... We have surrendered our hearts to Jesus. And even then we say, Lord, teach me to walk in your ways. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Leaning not on your own understanding. Wow, that's huge. How many like to figure things out, you know, what makes sense? And that's okay. That's a good thing. But not to the extent where you begin to make decisions for God. It's 
there's a point where we reach, you know what? As much as we understand, as much as what we think, let's pray about this. What's the thing to do? How does trusting the Lord look? It looks a little like this. In Proverbs 16, it says, if you commit your ways to the Lord, he will establish your plans. In other words, I believe that God gives us some leeway. He gives us some freedom to make choices. We don't serve him just on a being a robot. We're, not, we're, we're serving him out of a will, a heart that wants to be tender and ready to follow his voice. He says, I, the Lord, verse 10, search the heart. Isn't that interesting? You know, there's a song I think we used to sing sometime. Search me, O God. A lot of the time before communion, we were growing up, we would search me, O God. That comes from Psalm 139. He says, search me. 139, verse 23, a psalm says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. What a beautiful thought of surrender. Search me. We don't even see ourselves as God sees us. And you know what? God still loves us and longs for us to be closer. Aren't you glad that God takes us in just as we are? And now, in the church, we used to kind of get mixed up a little bit. You know, I think we've, grow, we've grown in this area. But for unsaved people to come to a church, it's a scary thing. Think about it. They come into a foreign place. But God, the Holy Spirit, if they've been watching you, if they've had a chance and you've invited them especially, you become their friend. Now you've earned their trust, right? Listen, there's a certain amount of trust that people don't have for the church because of some things that have been hurtful. But listen, we're breaking down walls. We want to break down barriers. We want to break down hurts through the help of the Holy Spirit, that he will open the hearts of people. And when they come and they see us, they will say, you know what? I wish I could be like that. I want what they have. I want the Lord. I want to be able to know the Lord like they did at the beginning of walk. I was with a person at camp, and this kind of came out of the blue. And we were talking and just visiting, and it was a person that we used to, a community we pastored in Palisade. And this person said something that touched my heart because I never thought of it this way. This person said, You're, I'm a better person because you came to Palisade. I went, well, thank you. Wow. I, I was like humbled, humbled. You know, what was she saying? Because I was able to watch your life. Listen, people are watching your life. People are, come to school where Annette mentioned she teaches. What a, what a, what a door. Let's not forget the impact. God, the Almighty God is orchestrating your life. You are bearing fruit, and people are drawn. They're hungry. 
And they want what you have. You have the word of God. You have the living, living Savior living in you. Don't have to be afraid. The Lord searches our hearts. He's, he goes on and talks about some other things. A beautiful passage. A beautiful portion of God's word. He knows your heart today. He comes to strengthen your heart. He comes to uh, and wants to have your whole heart. So if there's an area in your heart, well, I'm kind of hanging on to this part. You know what? The Lord wants all of our heart. He wants every part because he wants to be in the center and have your whole heart. Can we pray today? And we're going to sing a familiar song. It's in the hymn book. Well, we're going to we're going to have a, a prayer. How many remember? Tis tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. You probably remember that, perhaps even growing up in that song. Well, we're talking about trust. When we trust the Lord, we can absolutely know that He is trustworthy. So, Lord, we come to you right now. And wherever we're at in our walk with you, maybe there's some things that we've hung on to that we're wondering, that maybe we need to just surrender over to you and say, Lord, I don't, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to, how, I don't know what the next thing is to do. And until you show me, Lord, I'm just going to simply wait and trust in you. And, and when you say move, when you say go forward, when you say to speak to someone, when you say to ask, Lord, I'm going to do that. And so it's, a, it's coming to a place of surrender. But most of all, when we say yes to you, Jesus, you come to live in our hearts. And that is the most important beginning part. So if there's one here today, we just need to take that step. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. That's all it takes. And you uh, begin to work by your spirit.